Hello, it's Dr. Ruben West, and welcome to another edition of Voices of Change, where we bring to you voices from around the world that have not only been through change, but helped create change. Tonight, we have a great guest. That guest is none other than Dr. Tracy Ward. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Tracy Ward. She's an international speaker. She's a published author multiple times over again. She's the founder of the Reset Initiative. She's going to tell you about that. Um, there's so many things I can tell you about it, but one of the things that I have to tell you about it is that she is real. And I'm going to bring her on in just a few, about 15 or 20 seconds. But here's what I want you to know, that she's going to share some things with you that I promise you you're going to want to record. Remember this, that the mind is for thinking and notes are to remember. In other words, you'll probably want to take notes. So get your notepad, get your iPad, get your paper, get your pencil, get whatever you want to get, because I'm bringing her on the screen right now. Welcome to the screen, none other than Dr. Tracy Ward. Dr. Ward, are you there? I am here, Dr. West. How are you? I'm doing great. It looks like your voice is a little off from your, from your words, but that's all right. We'll match that up. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful today. It's been a great Good. day all day. Well, you know, this is great because we're here and we're talking about a hard reset. I said that um, you've been able to make a couple of hard resets in your life. As a matter of fact, that's the initiative that you started, which was Operation Reset. And so I just want to, as we get started, tell people about what Operation Reset is and, and what that means and, and why you started that initiative. Absolutely. So it is, I'm very excited about my initiative, which is Reset the New Transition. And it is literally helping people around the world with the ability to shift their mindset, change their life and cha <clears throat> change their mindset and change their life. You know, that's, that's my story. I had to reset. I had to, there were some things that were happening in my life that were completely just in disarray, out of order, all those kinds of things. And in order for me to move forward, I had to reset. And so now that's what I spend time doing. That's my passion. I spend time helping people around the world with the ability to change their mind and change their life. Okay, thank you. I'm glad you explained that. So the, the ability to reset, but let's let's talk about that because mm -hmm. what reset can mean a lot of things. Uh -huh. And so a lot of times, you know, you can reset where you live. Uh, you mm -hmm. can reset where you work. You can reset who your friends are. Mm -hmm. But when I was looking at your book, one of the main things you talked about was the ability to reset your mind. Tell me what does a mental reset entail? My goodness, a mental reset. You know, for me, when I began 
having to figure out what in the world was my next. I knew that there was more out of life, but I didn't know, I had no idea how to get it. I just knew that there was more. So I do little things, but one of the main things that I did for myself, one of the greatest gifts that I was able to give myself, which I will tell your audience, you know, you really have to think about getting the help that you need. And I got a coach mm -hmm. and I had to do the work because I was stuck in a, what I call a poverty state of mind. And that's literally having the tools to, to, to make a change, but not necessarily having the will. But then when I, when my will matched, I mean, when my will kicked in, I didn't necessarily know what I, what it was or how to go about it. So I needed to get some help. I got a coach and let me tell you that really set the wheels in motion for me to make that reset in life. And by that, it meant that I had to change some things. I had to change my friends. I had to change a lot of other things, but the main thing that I had to change was my mind. You know, it didn't matter that I, it, it, whether I changed my last name, I, my last name is still the same. I didn't change my last name. I didn't change where I lived. I didn't move out of state. I changed my mind. And that, that was, that made all the difference in the world. I became a new person at that point. Got it. Well, we're going to get into the process and and what you were able to come as becoming a new person. I really, really quick, give a couple of shout outs to Mary F Figures and Sheila Reynolds, Corey Fox, thank you for tuning in. Dr. Arlene Collins, thank you. Kiva Evans, Son Dr. Sonia Robinson, thank you. Sheila Reynolds, thank you for tuning in. Charlene Jones, I mean, we have a great group of people that's listening to you today. Yeah. And so we're gonna get to the nuts and bolts of this change. Yes. But, but we're talking about you now and you're doing a lot of stuff now we were together in Guyana, we were together in Kenya, Canada, Bahrain, Dubai, you yeah. name it. A lot of place that we've been now. Yes. But I want people to know how you got here. And yeah. so tell us your beginning. I mean, you know, you're coming out of high school. I think you'd already had one child. And then and tell us the scenario, because before they can appreciate where you are now, they got to know where you came from. Set that up for us. Yes. And you know, I love talking about the comeback story. For me, at a very, very young age, I went through, and I'll, I'll just give you the quick and dirty. You know, early in life, I found out I had a child right out of high school, 18 years old, went to get that child's birth certificate. <laughs> went to pick up my own birth certificate and realized at that moment that there must be an error here because it said that I was born in Leavenworth, Kansas. Mm. I was born in Topeka, Kansas. Mm -hmm. But what I realized in that moment, I said, well, if this is not an error, there's, there's nothing in Leavenworth but a prison. And that was how I discovered that my mother had had me when she was in prison. And you know, that was one of the first setbacks, you know, but there were things that I'd, I'd always wondered why I didn't have a memory, why I didn't have this or that, but um, of, of certain things, but I could have let that one thing just stop me and wipe me out right there. But then, you know, I went on because I just didn't know my worth, Dr. West. And so I went on making decisions. I went looking for love in all the wrong places, all the wrong 
faces. And so at a very young age, I had three children, mm. three different men with completely different personalities. And mm. so at a very young age, I set myself up for hard work, mm. Mm. hard work. Now, I got to interrupt right now. I got to interrupt right now. You're, you're on a roll, but I got to interrupt. You said you had three children, three different fathers. You found out that um, inadvertently that you were born in prison. But let's talk about that three children by three different fathers. Yes. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but this may help somebody out there. Like, what do you feel like caused that? Like, what was the key to that? What do you think caused that? Hmm. You know what? I'll put it this way. And, and don't worry about putting me on the spot because I'm if, if it's something that in my in my past that's going to help somebody that's listening, I'm open. But let me ask you, I can put it this way best. If you ever lost your keys. And I have. And I you didn't. Know, yes. 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 And so you know that those keys unlock some things, that those keys are valuable. And what did you do when you lost your keys? I started looking for them. You started looking for them. And I'll bet you looked in the common places. I'll bet you looked on the counter. I bet you I looked on the key ring. I did. Uh, on my bed, on the, yes, on the table. I looked at all those places. Yes. 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 And when they didn't show up there, this is what we do often. So let me, I want to equate that to I had the first child that was a failed relationship, but I was still looking for love. See, my keys are still lost. My keys are still lost. So I'm looking for love and I didn't find my keys. So then I started looking in uncommon places. I started opening the refrigerator. You know, you, you open the refrigerator and you're looking in the refrigerator and then suddenly you're looking in the cabinets. You're looking in the uncommon places, not even necessarily places that you would put them, but you're looking so desperately for those keys because they're going to unlock some things because they're, they're worth something. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know my worth. So I, the best analogy that I could give you is that feeling of when you've lost your keys and there's something about losing them that you can't just sit down and act like they're not lost. No, they're, they're keys to the car, they're keys to the house, they're keys to valuable things. So that drives you to keep looking and you keep looking and you keep looking. Hmm. So let me ask exactly you, what well, was well, let me just jump in right here. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you're saying, hey, if your keys are lost, you normally start looking where they're the obvious places. And yeah. then if you don't find them there, then you start looking in the unobvious places that I leave them in my jacket, leave it in my coat, leave them in the car. Because yeah. now we got those key fobs. That's the problem is and you don't have to have them to start the car. So I set it down anywhere. Uh -huh. But what you're saying is you, you started typically looking for love in those wrong places, too, when you couldn't find it where you thought you should find it. Now, yeah. was your father in the picture? My father was not, and that was so key. You know, fathers being absent in a girl's life. There was no one around showing me what it looked like to be loved by a man, to be in a relationship, just in a healthy relationship. I didn't know what that looked like. So anytime that I encountered someone that I thought 
wanted to spend some time, showed me that extra attention, they must love me. Sure. They must love me. Yeah. And I entered relationships when that is yeah. wasn't what it was at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now I get it. I get it. I, and, and let me just say thank you for being truthful because most people wouldn't say that they had at a young age three children by three mm-hmm. different fathers. They were looking for love in the wrong places. They were yeah. born in prison and didn't even know it. But I can certainly see how that can send you down the wrong path. So let me ask you this. How did you reset? Because this is this is about making a hard reset. You teach right. me how to reset. How did you reset? Right. And and this is the this is where it begins to get exciting. As I talked about, you know, I began to get help. I got a coach, mm-hmm. and I started doing the hard work because there were there were many layers to peel back. Because there was pain, there was disappointment, there was misunderstanding. There were a lot of things that just hurt. Mm-hmm. And I wanted that pain to stop. Mm. And I didn't know how to how to make it stop. But once I got a coach and I began to set my life up differently, I began to move some, shift some people around in my right. life. I began to um, schedule things and my priorities, and I, I began to schedule those priorities. I m- began to build priorities. Mm-hmm. And when I began to build those priorities, they didn't look like they looked in my past. See, right. oftentimes we, we, we've got to learn to stop allowing our past to kill our future. Yeah, yeah. This is so important because we allow the things that have happened in the past to kill our future. I didn't know what my future looked like. I just knew that I had one. And so beginning to, to go through the transition of changing the way that I did things. And then let me tell you, it wasn't easy. That was one of the hardest things because when you are in a habit loop, you repeat the same things often. You repeat them because it's just what's familiar. Yeah. And so I had to do the work. Yeah. And someone said that God keeps giving you the same test until you pass it. Yes, absolutely. But you said something when we were talking the other day, and I want to put this out there because when you said it, it was very, very powerful to me just in the moment that Mm -hmm. I heard it. And I want you to explain what you were talking about when you said it. But you said defining who you really are is more important than designing who you want people to think you are. She said, defining who you really are is more important than designing who you want people to think you are. Tell me about that, because that was very powerful. Yes. So, you know, one of the things that I've heard said, and in the moment that I heard it, you know, I got it because I think that that's one of the things that I've spent my life doing. I don't care how ugly it was, how ugly it looked. If it was mine, if it was my life, it was my life. But here's what I know is you can't consistently be who you are not. Mm. You cannot consistently be who you are not. That's one for the feet. (laughs) Yes. And so to build a facade, you know, and there were a lot of people around me. I had a lot of friends that were successful and they were doing a lot of things. And I had those desires, but it meant more to me to build a, a real authentic life. Mm. It meant more to have an authentic life 
one that I could be proud of, not what I saw someone else doing or wanting to have what somebody else had. It was more important to me that I wanted to, ch I wanted to change lives, but I knew that I couldn't change lives out there until I changed this life in here. Mm. I, had, I, had, I couldn't change lives out there. <clears throat> I had to change within mm. before mm. I could change anything, anything out there. Because nothing out there worked for me until I worked on me. Oh, come on. Say that again. Say, say that again. Absolutely nothing out there worked for me until I worked on me. So nothing out there, you said nothing out there worked for me until I worked on Absolutely. me. Absolutely. I had to do the work. I had mm. to do the work. And and knowing there, there's just something about when you can, when you know that you've lived an authentic life, then you don't have a problem stretching out your withered hand so that other people can see your struggles. Because I've heard it said that the best way to relate to a human being is to be one. Come on now. And that's exactly, that's exactly what I want to live and be is what you see is what you get. This is me. That's yeah. good. Listen, uh, first of all, I appreciate your truth and your mm -hmm. transparency. And I just want to ask you if you're listening and you're finding value in this, this window, and the reason I'm saying it's a window because it's open. There's no shade. She's not holding anything back. And I think sometimes the reason that people aren't able to make a transition is because they're they're not able to see the truth in someone else's story. She's given us all truth. She's given us great information. And so if you're finding value in this, do me a favor and share this broadcast. And, and when you share it, just put must listen or must watch because people want to know why you're sharing it. If you find some value in this. Now, Tracy, you you've been able to make some significant Tracy. Yes. You've been able to make some significant changes. And mm -hmm. and but I gotta go back again because I heard you tell a story where we were in Kenya and you talked about the fact that your second son, Cameron, yes. when he was born, he was born special needs. Just for the sake of this audience, tell us about that because I, again, I want them to understand the transition that you've actually made. Sure. So Cameron was born, first of all, he was born three months early and I've had him and I had, um, it was just a, a real, it was a very traumatic experience to go through because I delivered him by cesarean. And when I woke up, there were five, doctors are white coats. I call them white coats. The five doctors, you know, the ones that know everything, the ones that you're supposed to look to, to tell you what to do. And they're the experts, right? So I had these five doctors come in and they were telling me that they wanted me to understand number one, what had happened. And, and, you know, the story that, you know, it went something like, you know, Miss um, Ward, you just, delivered a baby boy. Yeah. And he'd had a stroke and it's okay. He had a stroke, but what I'd like you to do is take this paper, sign on this dotted line, and this will all go away. And you can go back home to your four-year-old as though nothing ever happened. 
Now, Dr. West, you have to know that that was one of the most terrifying things to hear. Number one, that this child, they said, would never walk. He'd never talk. But I could take the chicken exit because I could sign on the dotted line and it would all go away. And I knew at that moment I had a decision to make. And even though fear was present, you know, as Will Smith said, the danger is real, but fear is a choice and fear was present. But I refused because at that moment I knew that if God made him a special needs child, then he must have made me a special needs mom. Come now, on now. Yes. Come on now. I took my heart on legs home. And it was hard, Dr. West. It was hard. What because was hard? We had to do occupational therapy at least three times a week. And let me tell you, he was so small and his little arms were sheet white. They didn't move. And so every day I had to do these exercises. And whenever I stretched his little arm, mm -hmm. it would hurt. He would cry. He would cry. And let me tell you, there was days that I cried too, mm -hmm. because I knew that it was good for him. But you know, as moms, sometimes we got to do the thing that that's painful and it was painful for him, but I knew that it was good for him. And I had to take him through, we went through that journey together. Mm. But to just fast forward, you know, I had to, he, it was my dream that he called my name one day. They said he'd never talk, he'd never walk. And one day, through all of that work, I heard the words, mama. Mm. My dream called my name, Dr. West. Mm. And that lit something in me that I knew that with hard work and determination, mm. nothing was impossible, nothing. He's made a full recovery. Math is his strongest suit. He mm. is a, a brilliant young man and he's gone on to do some extraordinary things. And so I'm just so grateful for that experience. I wouldn't trade nothing for that journey. Mm. I've got to go back to this. You're saying that they said you're you have a special needs child. He'll never walk. He'll never talk. He had a stroke. Yeah. And if you sign here, you can go home, and yeah. and we'll take care of him. Yeah. What made you know that you can do it, or did you not? I, I mean, that's a, a. How old were you? I was 21. 21. You're 21 years old and the doctors, the people with all the knowledge and all the intelligence and all the skill set told you, look, this is not going to work for you. Uh, you, yeah. you weren't an occupational therapist, right? Absolutely not. You've never done PT. You're not a doctor. You're you're not a nurse. And 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 what they were advising you to do yeah. was to, to, to leave your son, let us put him somewhere where um, you, basically, you don't have to worry, but it really wouldn't have stopped you from worrying now, would it? Not at all. I, that thing would have haunted me every single day. There, mm. there would have been something about knowing that I had this person, this little person that I'd given up on, that I hadn't even given a chance. And, and they were angry. Let me tell you, they, they were angry. I mean, spitting, spitting angry. What do you mean you're going to take this child home? You're only 21. What do you know? Yeah. 
and, but but what gave you the confidence to do it though? So you, it, what they're saying is true. So you decided you're going to do it, but what gave you, how did you know you can do it? You know, I don't know that I knew. There was just something on the inside of me that just would not allow me to settle. I couldn't settle for the expert's opinion. Mm. I, I just, I, I refused to settle for that. There was something on the inside of me that said, take him home. You've got this. You can do this. Mm. And that inner strength, that inner strength, because, you know, it, it happened so many other times in my life, even after that, that mm. there's always somebody that can tell you what you need to do and what you should be doing. But I love this quote, Dr. West. It says, nothing has transformed my life more than realizing that it is a waste of time to evaluate my worthiness by weighing the reactions of the people in the stands. See, at that moment, the white coats, they were the people in the stands. Right. They weren't rooting for me. And right. I didn't have time to, to decide whether their opinion of me was actually who I was. Mm. I had to find out for myself, but I knew that I was not going to give up. And it was a rough, hard, long road, but every bit of it was worth it. Mm. And so what do you say to the person right now who's listening and they're saying, hey, I know about rough. I know yeah. about hard. I yeah. know about being faced with difficult decisions that I don't even know if I can make it. What do you tell that person? Let me tell you. One of the things that I realized on that journey, as I mm -hmm. said, if God had given me a special needs child, then he must have given made me a special needs mom. That equates to being chosen. Mm. I knew I was chosen. I was chosen. And, and you know, even with your listeners that are going through a rough time right now, I'm going to mm. suggest that you were chosen. You were mm. chosen for every obstacle you're facing right now. And let me ask you this. If it weren't you, then who? Who mm. would you rather go through that hard time? Your mother? Mm. Who would you rather yeah. experience that setback? Your sister? Mm -hmm. See, some of us, if we just think about our life right now and we think about even our birth order, Birth order is, is, is very important at times, but I want you to take a moment and think about where you are. If some of you are honest, you know that you are the strongest sibling you have, or you are the strongest family member that there is. So some of those things that you're going through were for the making of you. For the making, man, some of it's for the making. They were for the making of you, not the breaking, the making. Because it says that our, our creator doesn't put more on us than we can bear. Yeah. So, so the only way to find out your real strength is to test it. Is oh, to no. test that strength. He will mm. test that strength. And I've heard it said often that if, if uh, he, what would be the need to have faith if it wasn't ever going to be tested? Well, come on now. He's going to test our faith. He's going to yeah. test my faith. He tested my faith. He's going to test your faith. Listen. Yes. I, I love it. Let me say this again. If you're listening, 
do me a favor, share this video. Somebody's life can be changed by these words. Somebody's life can literally be changed by the sharing of this video. Let me ask you this, Dr. Tracy, having those children at a young age, mm -hmm. being born and finding out that you were born in prison, like those things had to affect you. Like they had to affect you. You said you you said yourself, I had a poverty mindset, which yeah. you said was having the tools to possibly make a change, but not necessarily having the desire to make the change. Mm -hmm. What do you think it was that stopped you from saying, I want that? You know, I be, I just believe there was something on the inside that 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 just kept driving me. And I believe that every one of us possesses that. No, no, but you said at one time you wouldn't make the change. At one time you didn't make the change. Right. What, what was it that kept you at that time? I think it was just my environment. I think uh, that because there were people, the people that I was around, nobody was dreaming, Dr. West. The goal was, what are we going to eat tomorrow? That right. was reality. Nobody was, was uh, talking about dreams. And if they were, they certainly weren't talking about them with me. Yeah. And, so, and your reality. Well, wait, wait, wait a minute. I got to interrupt. Yes. Like you, your reality. You just said nobody was talking about dreams. They were talking about what are they going to eat tomorrow? Yes. But but that's what you were thinking, too. If you said you had three children at a young age, that was your number one concern. Absolutely. It was my number one concern. Let me tell you, literally. I had a job at one point. I had a job and then I also but my job was seasonal. My job was um at a yearbook company and then when the seat on the off season there was a time a part of the time that i had a, a, assistance i had government assistance let me tell you one of the this quick experience one day i finished my season and i got paid yep. and the check from the government came early mm. i had a decision to make yeah before the first time in my life, I didn't have to decide whether I was going to pay the light bill or buy diapers and milk. And I kept that check. Mm. I kept that check and I paid <laughs> it because that was one that was for the first time that I didn't have to. It was hard. Always pay, robbing. Well, people. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I got I got to interrupt. I'm sorry. I, you kept the check. Like, weren't you supposed to keep the check? They were sitting no. there for no, oh, I, you were supposed to keep the check. I thought it was a blessing from on high at first. I'm just gonna be honest. Jesus, Lord, you good? But let me yeah. tell you, when I got that letter saying, uh, we inadvertently sent you some money. Yeah, and we did it back. Said, oh Lord, that wasn't a, that wasn't between me and you. Oh, <laughs> that wasn't a blessing. Okay. And I paid the money back. Yeah. I paid the money back because I, I operate in integrity, yeah. but I, I paid it back. But I'm going to tell you, that was the mindset in the, in the environment in which I was in, that mm. all I knew was to take care of my children the best way that I could. Mm. But as I said, there was no one around me necessarily achieving great goals or setting goals and, and sitting around. Nobody was sitting around or calling me asking, so Tracy, what did you accomplish today? Mm. What mm. what did you do today? What's what's your 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 twelve month plan look like? Mm. And it, it wasn't that kind of party where I was from. Got it. So, yes. so one thing 
I, I know. So, you know, for the people that are listening to this interview, uh, we've gotten a chance, Tracy and I have gotten a chance to, to travel to different places and speak. Um, but we grew up together, went to the same church. We went to the same high school. We graduated the same year. Uh, so I know her, but I'm asking the questions because I want you to know. I want you to understand. Um, so Tracy, in that time, as you said, you were in a low income neighborhood, mm -hmm. three children, three different fathers. You're feeling a certain way. Did you ever think you would be an international speaker? That was the farthest, that was beyond my wildest dreams. Yeah. I had no idea. I, that Now that was a future I couldn't see with goggles. <laughs> I couldn't see that with binoculars. Yes. I, I had no idea that that is what God would have in store for me, that he would allow me to literally hit the hard reset and completely mm -hmm. change my life around and be able to travel. Let me tell you, our first trip, I remember you went to Dubai and you, you were on the plane and you said, this is great, but if I can't take people with me, what good is it? What is the point? That's exactly what I said. I remember exactly. you, 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 you lightweight threatened me that day. And you said, if I come back to the States and you don't have a passport, that's exactly what I said. We're going to have a problem. You know why I say that? Because yeah. most people don't have practical faith. Yeah. If you really, because you said, well, I, one day I, I'm going to be going with you. Do yeah. you have a passport? You said, no. Then you really don't believe it. Yeah. See, faith without works is dead. And so what I was showing you is take yeah. the practical steps, because even if the opportunity comes and you haven't made preparation, then you never get the big breaks. Big breaks come when preparation and opportunity meet. And so yeah. the very next time I went, yes, you were there. Matter of fact, I'm going to put up this picture. Let me see if I have this picture because I have some pictures on there. I want you to tell me what was what this picture was. Oh, wow. That was after an incredible speaking engagement that we had in Bahrain. And now, yeah. let me tell you, that was a powerful, powerful time. I, I remember it as though it was yesterday. That too was us, it was some of us, the Black Belt speakers and um, Candace Haynes. We had go gone and had a very powerful experience there. And I was able to connect um, with some of the ladies there and, and even some of the men to have men in a country as Bahrain where women are still revered as property in certain places to have men come and say, I was touched. I was moved by your message. Yeah. yeah. It was an experience like none other. Yeah. Like none other. Yeah. And, and yeah. you probably never, you, you probably never saw that coming. Never saw it coming Dr. West at all. Nothing in my life indicated that I could even reach that point. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Nothing. So, so what changed? So, I, I mean, so if nothing indicated, you went through all this stuff, you had a poverty mindset, what changed? I changed my thinking and I changed my life. Literally doing the hard work, making a choice. I had to choose to be chosen. See, we're all chosen. I believe that. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, that's good. You yes. said I had to choose to be chosen. Yes. 
I had to choose to be chosen. And that meant that I had to do the work, that I had to make a choice. Mm-hmm. I had to make a choice. See, and, and, and here's what I believe. I think it was Helen Keller that said character cannot be um, developed in ease and quiet. But only through the experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened, ambition inspired, and success achieved. See, I had to go through. I had to go through those things, but I had to choose. Because I could have chose to sit down and keep the narrative and embrace the narrative, or I'm a prison baby. Mm. I could have chose to keep that narrative, and it would have worked. I would have made it work. But... Mm. I wanted to choose, I had to choose something different. And the moment that I realized I was chosen, it was no looking back. See, I refused to let that past kill my future. Uh, Come on, come on. You can't let your past kill your future. Somebody has to be putting this in the feed. Remember, post your takeaways in the feed because your big takeaway can be somebody else's big breakthrough. Please share this. Tracy, I have to to show you something and I want to get your feedback after seeing it because I've been with you on a lot of speaking engagements. I've referred you time and time again. I remember somebody called me and they wanted me to come to Maryland to speak and I couldn't go. And they said, well, is there anybody you could send? And I said, yes, uh, you could get Tracy Ward. And they said, well, Dr. West, you know, you're a tough act to follow. And and I said, well, that's what you think. You just haven't seen her. And then you you said to me, are you crazy? Like, I can't go. They wanted you. You want to go. And I said, I, I said, you don't have to go be me. Just go be you. Yeah. And so I, I want to play this video and I want to get I want to show it to the audience, but I also want to get your response of how it feels after hearing what people have to say and watching this video. What? One, two, three. I am chosen. Yes. I speak at conferences all over the world, and there are many speakers that move me, but Tracy moved me off stage as well as on stage. She taught me that I am enough. It's a wonderful message to share. I cannot recommend her highly enough. She said she was living in the projects and she went from living in the project to being the project, to taking her life to a new level. And now she travels internationally speaking to women and young girls and telling them a key signature message. What's that message? I am enough and so are you. She's like a warm embrace. She hugs you not only off stage, but she hugs you in a way where she allows you to let down those defenses, really be vulnerable, really allows you to see that you are enough in this world. There's nothing that you need to do to change who you think you are, right as you are, all imperfect as you might believe that you are. You are enough. And Tracy will help you see that. Getting them to believe in themselves, to to challenge what they've been told has been negative or challenge the fear that they've had to step out there. And if they can't believe in themselves, she just asks them to hold her belief for them until their belief gets strong enough. I believe if you're looking for a speaker for your organization to empower women and young girls, to get them to see that they are enough, there's no other choice but international speaker, Tracy Ward. So, uh, 
what do you think after looking at that? Sometimes it's still uh, the journey is what I think is what it allows me to reflect back on. You know, when I hear those people talk about the impact that a message that I've shared with them has had, mm. I can't even explain to you the, the level of gratitude or the level of um, awe. I mean, it, just being able to accomplish those things and to know that when I get on a plane and I get back and I'm on my way back to the US or wherever mm. I've been, just on the way back home to know that I've made a difference in somebody's life. Mm. That that doing that work, that the fact that I did my work allows me to do this work. Mm. Yeah. It's That's priceless, good. Dr. West. I, I, there's not a value you can put on helping somebody change the trajectory of their life. I agree. I agree. I agree. Hope where there is no hope. Yeah. It's absolutely priceless. Tell me about these pictures. Oh, wow. That's Guyana. We went to South America, the beautiful, uh, humid Guyana. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and oh, we had boy. a few speaking engagements while we were there, but I think the crowning, the crowning point is this picture here. Tell people about this. Oh, my goodness. That picture right there is one of the best memories that I have. That is me and the vice president, Sidney Alicott. And at that moment, I was allowed, I, I had the opportunity to present my book, my solo project into the library that he was beginning for uh, the, the young people there. And I was so excited about that, um, that event. And I, I, I received the Estelle Collins Award that day and there was the global inspiration award yes it was extraordinary global inspiration award so so you not only did you travel to guyana and yes. and meet with the vice president but 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 the problem is tracy i think the problem is we do it so much mm. we say it so much that it sounds so common so i'm gonna say it again and slow it down for the people listening because mm. i'm talking to the pb the prison baby yes. you travel yes. to guyana and met that met with sat down with the vice president yes yeah and gave him your book i mean if somebody is not getting excited about the possibilities of what life can be not because uh, because what somebody said you couldn't do but because of what you were called to do see yeah. i always say things we're trained to do but there's things we're ordained to do like you yeah. sat down with the vice president put your book in the library how did that feel out of body. <laughs> it, <laughs> it felt extraordinary because, you know, as you know, you were there. We had, we were able to have a very, just very candid conversation. He, and, and this is something that I also value about Black Belt speakers and us being able to go places. We get a welcome sometimes that people have never experienced. I remember him saying that he had cleared part of his schedule just to be there with us. 
we were done with the program. He had been awarded his medals, all of that. And he could have just got right back in his secret, called the secret service in. That was the other thing. He, he didn't feel the need to have, I mean, he was so relaxed. Indeed, yeah. Yes, and being able to just have candid conversation with us and want to receive what we had to give. It was yeah. incredible, it, extraordinary. One of my most memorable moments to date, actually. Yeah, uh, you know, we also spoke over in London and I see one of our colleagues in the in the chat from London, London, Zena. Zena, thank you for being oh, in. Zena. Uh, she said meeting you in London was such a magnificent experience. I mean, oh, I mean, like we're really God. making these connections. See, we say this stuff and it and it sounds like we're just saying something, but we're literally doing it. Yeah. Doing it. You really hit the hard reset. And so mm. the, the reason I like asking you these questions is because people will see you on the stage and they'll see you at the vice president. They'll see you receiving the award. But yeah. I believe that a lot of times don't focus on just where I'm at, focus on where I came from. And yeah. then you can even more appreciate where I'm at. Right. That's why I'm asking them these questions, you these questions so that they could really get an understanding of how far you've actually come. Yes, absolutely. And I appreciate you allowing me to take the reflection back because, and I really want to just, you know, challenge the listeners that even when, as we're taking this reflection back, don't think for not one time that I've had so many people in my life that cannot see where I am because they can't forget where I've been. And they have no idea about the changes that have been made now because they're looking at the person I was back then. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. come on. Come on. Now you to yeah, you're speaking to somebody right now. Yes. Somebody needs to hear that. Yes, absolutely. Because there's going to be so many naysayers. When you get on that journey, when you start moving forward, when you start making that hard reset, it's gonna be some people in your past going, What are you doing? Who come do you on. think you are? Who, Who do you think you are? Don't think I didn't. Ha I had plenty of those. Well, what do you think? You you didn't even graduate. Real, you didn't graduate college, did you? Come on. Mm. Well, and I, what I've found uh, in my experience is some people will never support you because even though you're from the same place, mm. they're still in the same place. They're still in the same yeah. place. And, and and them supporting you makes them feel bad about them not realizing that they were chosen. And they don't have to miss you. They don't have to step come against you. All they have to do is step up and be who they were called to be. Exactly. We all have a place. And that's what, you know, whenever I see, you know, people that I used to go to high school with and people that, you know, I used to live in the neighborhoods with, when they'd say, you know, I'm really proud of you. I say, but when you see me, you see you. Mm. And I'm in hopes to spark something in them, even mm. if, if they are in that same place. I'm never going to stop trying to build. I'm going to build every person that I encounter. And, mm. you know, that's the thing that if we were all working to build one another, mm -hmm. it would be such a different place, such a different place. But that is what I spend time doing. You know, I can't help them until I help within. And so yeah. I work on me on a constant basis because he's sending me out there constantly. Mm. So, so you feel like 
you you feel like you're on a mission. I'm on a life's mission. I am. I am. And every day is a gift. Every day is an opportunity to wake up and chase that lion, to figure out which life, to figure out what product to produce, to figure out what presentation to give that's going to change someone's life. I want my legacy to be great. I have granddaughters and I want to be able to leave. It's not what I leave for them. It's what I want to leave in them. See, it's not what you leave for the people in your life. What is it you're going to leave in them? Come on, not for them, but in them. You got to catch that. You got to catch that. Not for them, but in them. I hope you guys are getting something out of this interview. Yeah. I mean, she's really giving it to you straight. She's she's wide open. Uh, she's telling you the truth. And I appreciate the fact that you'll just break it down, be transparent, be honest. But not only that, in spite of all the things that we're, we've done, because that's just the beginning, we have so much more to do, yeah. you still remain humble. You still remain humble. So I want to commend you to this. I, I want to show you another picture. Tell them about this. Oh my goodness. This was magic. These are the girls of magic and magic steps for mentoring a girl in construction. And yeah. I loved it because I got an opportunity to spend a week with them building them, but the, and, the, and they learned how to build things they, with their hands and be creative with their minds. But I love because I, God always gives an opportunity and I got the opportunity to come in and build them from the, on the inside. What was the message that you gave them? What, what did you say to them? I would always tell them that they were enough because these girls at that young age, a lot of them came from the very place that I grew up in. And there's mm -hmm. nothing greater than having the opportunity because I wished that when I was in the projects of Topeka that I had people building me on that level. And so a lot of times, sometimes girls just wanna hear that they're enough they, they're, we're always questioning ourselves. You know, a lot of times we got feet that are too big. We got to grow into or teeth that are too big. We got to grow into or hands or, or, you know, we have a growth spurt and nothing fits. And then we start developing. So we're always questioning who we are and, and where we are and comparing and all of those things. I just wanted them to know that they're beautiful just the way they are and that they're enough just the way they are. And sometimes them just hearing that can catapult them into their next. That was my job. I love it. You said something to me the other day and I wanna bring it back up and I want you, uh, I just wanna share it and you can talk about it to the audience. But you said one of the hardest things that you had to realize was that sometimes you had to take it in the back. And I asked you, well, what did you mean by that? And you said that sometimes when people are patting you on the back, they're looking for a soft spot to stick the knife. <laughs> and that really blew me away. Yes, I did say that. We were we were having a conversation and because it's true. And I there's some audience members. Yeah, and I'm a yeah, me and you, yeah, later. But, but yeah, <laughs> there are those people. And if you're in this feed, you know what I'm talking about. You know that there's some people that are not celebrating you. They're they're smiling in your face, but they're not celebrating. 
That's what you're saying. You can feel that really what they really want to do is take that knife and jab you right in the back. And so sometimes. Yeah. No, I love it. You said they're careful when they're patting you on the back because they're looking for a soft place to stick the knife. But everybody ain't trying, everybody ain't rooting for your rise. And that next me up when you said it because, because I remember people who literally was smiling and talking and Ruben, you're doing this and that. And then come to find out those were the very people that were talking negative. And, yeah. and so I think we said it like this, everybody in your circle isn't in your corner. Yeah. That's yeah, right. That's, that's right. That's good. That's good. Well, let me, let me, you know, you may have, you may have disagreements with the people in your circle, but in the end, they're going to still stand by you. And that's what mm-hmm. you have to make sure is in your circle. Even if your circle is small, see, you can always change the quantity, but never change the quality. Come on. You can always change the quantity. That circle might get small, but don't you dare let it get worthless. Come on now. Come on, man. It, it, this, you, believe it or not, we literally have eight minutes left. I mean, this oh. time has been so by so fast. Um, wow. Do me a favor. Uh, if you're listening, just give her some virtual applause for her honesty and her integrity and her willingness to be transparent. Uh, I can tell you right now that we're on a mission. Uh, Tracy, is there anything that you'd like to give to our audience? You have a gift that you'd like to give them anything you'd like to share? And you don't have to. I hate putting you on the spot, but if you, you know, have. One of the things that, and, you know, I don't want you to feel on the spot. But I'm never right. one of the things that really helped me as I was going along, and, and you'd produced this quite some time ago, but it was the inner critic. Oh, yeah. 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 It was the inner, inner critic. Yes. yes. Silencing the inner critic. And what I want to give away is the inner critic. Now, wait a minute. No, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're, talking about, yes. you're, you're talking about my thing. You want to give away my thing. I do because it was a life changer. It changed my life to be able to learn how to hear, how to silence that inner critic because she, she, shows, she shows up every day. But now I know how to knock her out. Mm. And so what I'd like to do is give away the silencing your inner critic to any of the members that are in the feed that just simply say, I want the inner critic. I want to silence uh, the inner critic. Okay, so let me just get this straight. Because you just said you want me to give away part of my coaching program as your giveaway. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> you see yeah. what happens? See, y'all see what happens? Y'all, y'all see this? I, I don't know if y'all see this or not. So um, you know what? Since you since you came through for the audience and you were willing to be a guest on my show, and uh, we'll definitely have a conversation later. Uh, no, seriously, if, if you're listening and you would like that, Silence in the inner critic is literally how you silence that inner voice in your head and then create a powerful affirmation. If yeah. you if you would like it, um, since she said it, all you have to do is go to my messenger, uh, go to messenger and just message me, Ruben, please send me silencing the inner critic and I'll, I'll put it in there uh, just because she said it. And yeah. then uh, 
I'll just track it. I'll make sure you get it. All I'll ask that you do if you get it is just share your affirmation with me because you're going to create that at the end. Mm -hmm. It's a very powerful, powerful. Uh, program. Yeah, it, it really, really is. And I, and Tracy, yeah. I'm thankful that you feel like it's helped you. Well, we only have about five minutes left. And so what I want you to do is, you know, closing statements, anything you want to say for the audience. But let me say to them one more time. If you've been listening, you've heard the transparency, you've heard the truth, you've heard the information that she shared. And I believe somebody's life can be blessed by this information. Just do me a favor and share the video. Just say you must listen. It's not for me. It's not for her. She's already traveling internationally. It's for those people that are stuck right there that need to make that hard reset and need to know that whatever they're experiencing, they were chosen and that they're enough. Tracy, take it away. You know, I thank you for this space. I, I used to shy away from, before I understood that I was chosen, I'd shy away from the opportunity to speak. But I want to say to anybody that's listening, during this time that we're in right now, such uncertainty, don't be afraid to get the help you need. Don't be afraid to reach out to someone. Let me tell you, the opportunity to thrive is still alive right now. I just released a new book with some authors and we're gonna celebrate them later this month. But to be able to yet encourage and yet give life and yet give people an opportunity as Dr. Tracy Ward, to be able to give people another opportunity. If there's somebody out there that I don't care what it is you're struggling with, if you need someone to just talk to, message me, message me because I don't want, there are people hurting in this hour. They're hurting secretly and they're hurting outwardly. And if that's you, I want to offer and extend myself to be someone that can help you in this time that we're having right now. You don't have to be alone. You are enough. And when I get through talking, you'll know you were chosen. Yes. Zena said you're a thousand percent chosen, Dr. Tracy Ward. Yes. Beth Fisher said, I would like to silence your inner critic for a group of women to work together. Absolutely perfect. Oh, Thank you. Yeah, that, that's even better when you're working it in a group. I, yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. I'll make sure you get that. Uh, just message me on me Messenger. Um, man, the comments have been powerful. Chicka said transparency, truth, and lived reality. Like you've lived the reality. Uh, yeah. I just want to say thank you for being a part of the broadcast. Uh, it couldn't have went better. To the audience, I want to say thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you coming in every week to Voices of Change, part of Speaking to Nations, where we bring on individuals that are creating change around the world, at home, and within themselves. Dr. Tracy Ward said, nothing worked out there for me until I worked in here on me. Very powerful. And I think we all have to take that lesson. Um, I want to say thank you for tuning in, Dr. Tracy Ward. Thank you for being a part of the Voices of Change and let's continue to change lives together. To everyone out there, I salute you. Thank you.